Praise God. Did you know it's a free house? We can worship God in freedom. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes I feel like it's, it's like we're, we're a cold engine and when we start to get going, it starts to get heat up a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? We need an oil change. <laughs> well, you could, you, could preach, you could preach on that, couldn't you? Some of us need an oil change. Amen. The new wine. The, the new oil. The oil from heaven. Oh, my, oh, Lord, let it flow this morning amongst this congregation, your body, your church. Father God, thank you for the precious anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We can worship the Lord in this place. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're so welcome here. Thank you, Jesus. You know, this morning I come to you in weakness, and and, and I think there's an... (laughs) I come to you in weakness... You know, God, there's a scripture that, that Paul talks about. He, he talks about that, it, that God, um, that Paul said about the, the intellect. That he didn't come to them in intellectualized things, in words of, of, of his own wisdom and his own intellect. And, and often, sometimes, we can be so uh, smart in our own minds. We can be so clever. And we can even be so clever in ourselves and of what the Bible says. And we think we've got it all kind of sorted out sometimes, you know. And, and you know, we've, many of us have been there if we, if, we're, if we have that in ourselves to say, you know what, yeah, that was me. Because I know I'm speaking on myself, on my, on my own behalf. Even before I was a Christian, I thought I had a lot of things together. I thought I'd worked certain things out. I thought that, yeah, I'd grasped certain things in my life. And everything changed when I encountered God. Everything changed. And everything that I thought was so good in my life, actually, was, it wasn't really. It wasn't, it, you know, it's almost like God completely turned everything on its head. Like an hourglass. And I started to look through things differently. And I started seeing things in a new way. And everything that I thought was, was, was good was actually bad. And now everything I know that is actually bad is bad. And everything that I see now... It's good, because I see it through a different lens. And, and, and that's the lens of the Spirit. And God gives us a new mind. He cleanses us from within, and he gives us a new outlook on life. He changes the way we see and we, we, the way we think about things. And as we approach God and continue to approach God, we can continue to discover more of his ways. But it comes through weakness, and, and, and a lot of this... You know, some people come with a suspicious mind, with a critical mind, and it's like they're waiting and watching to find something wrong. Other people come and just watch and observe and look around, and they stay on the fringe. They never dip the toe into the water or dare to take a plunge towards God. Some people look from afar, like over the fence, and see, what's going on over there? But some people dare to come close. And God wants us to come close. And if you're already close, you're saved, you're close. But there's an intimacy and there's a closeness of God through his spirit that we can all um, plunge into, that we can all partake of, that we can all come into. In one way, we've got it all. 
but in another way, we're still discovering it all. And that's the journey of faith, and that's the journey of relationship with God. We have it all in Christ, but we're still discovering it all in Christ. And that's the mystery. That's the mystery of salvation. You know, it's, it's that point where you have to come in weakness and say, Lord, I'm not sure. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. It's, sometimes it's easy to try to give all the answers to people. If people come up to me and they, you know, they want all the answers, sometimes it's okay to say, I'm not sure, I don't know. But I know someone who can. So in our weakness, we find his grace. And, that, and that's a wonderful, wonderful place. It's not to be strong in, in self. We must never become strong in ourselves because the proud mind is a hindrance to God. People become prideful in their own reasoning, in their own understanding, and sometimes in their own understanding of what the scripture they think that it says. But we come to God in, 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 in weakness, in humility, don't we? Before him. He's wonderful. You know, I could never see as I see now if it wasn't for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit on my life. It was like I was a blind person walking around in circles. That's what I felt like in my life. I was in a dark room and I couldn't find the way out or through. Life didn't have no meaning. Life didn't have any, any real substance to it. I never found any purpose. I never understood much about it. I was just aimlessly wandering through life until my beloved Saviour came and he embraced me and showed me the way through. Amen. You know, it's found in your relationship with God. And we often talk about relationship. Do we, do we really have a true relationship with God? Do we truly have? Has it been cultivated? Has it been a part of your life? Have you come to him saying, Lord, I'm not sure? Because that's how I came to God. Lord, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. Meet with me in some way. That was the cry of my heart. I didn't understand. But that was the way to understanding. It's the way to understanding. Holy Spirit, show me something. I need you. And you can find something so wonderful. Yeah. You, can find some, you can find the treasure that you've been looking for. You can find wisdom, godly wisdom. The Bible talks about the mind of Christ, that we can have the mind of Christ. We can have a new way of thinking, a new thought in our mind. A freshness to the way we see our lives. Not a critical mind, not a suspicious mind, not a judgmental mind, but a, a, a mind of purity, a mind of holiness towards one another and towards God. And that's a wonderful thing. I think that's a wonderful thing. In Isaiah, we'll just turn to Isaiah just quickly. Let's look at that. Because it talks about the ways of God. And it's an interesting passage in, in uh, Isaiah. Isaiah, um, we're looking at 55. Verse 8. Because we are on a journey of discovery. God has not left us in the dark. He's not left us in the dark. Jesus said these wonderful words, He who follows me shall not stumble in darkness, but have the light of life. When the illumination of God's word is in your heart and in your mind, you see clearly. true. You see clearly. You start to see things differently as you didn't see them before. And that's a wonderful treasure. 
God's ways aren't unknown to us. And the reason why I'm taking you to the scripture, because it just shows you um, the ways of the natural man and the, how different they are to the ways of God. And it says here in 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. For my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Amen. Just leave that for a second. So here... Um, it's Isaiah speaking, uh, it's, it's God speaking prophetically through the mouth of Isaiah. And the Lord is showing very clearly that he works on a completely different plane. The way God thinks and the way God works is completely unlike the natural man. Man's intellect, man's reasoning, man's thought patterns, man's processes, and the way he does things. God's Operation is much higher. The way he does things is so um, incredibly um, beyond, beyond the human natural thinking, the way we'd normally think and the way we'd normally reason and how we would look upon life as a whole. And he gives this, um, this I, think, I believe he's speaking figuratively here, as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, he uses this, this here. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth. Amen. That's a long way. As far as the heavens are from the earth. That's a long way. That's a huge void. You think about what he's saying there. How, how hugely um, different and beyond and higher is God's ways than man. And it, it, it's almost, you know, as you read it, you can almost feel like, well, how on earth can we discover God's way then? You know, because that's the question, isn't it, though? But I'll just, I'm not just going to leave you hanging on this scripture just for now, because we're going to go to another in a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to leave you there. That's the wonderful thing, that God has made a way known to us. Um, but he's far beyond. He's far beyond our reasoning and our thought. And I just want to read verse 10 for you now. For it says, we're continuing in chapter 5 in Isaiah. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it, is, that it is may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper the thing in which I sent it. Amen. So shall his word be. It's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I hunger for the word of God. And when I mean the word of God, I'm, I'm talking about the when God speaks to me. Do you have a hunger to hear the voice of God? We need the voice of God. We need to hear clearly what God is saying to us. And there's a way, there's no other way you can receive and start to discover God's plan and will for our lives other than the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, he fills this void of our own understanding that cannot even comprehend the things of God. He fills the gap. He makes God known to us. He begins to reveal the unseen God, the God that's so out of reach from the natural man, 
that can't comprehend the things of God, that has no understanding of the things of God. Your intellect cannot reach him in any way. It cannot. That the Holy Spirit will soften the human heart and start to reveal who Jesus is. How we need to know who Jesus truly is. We can be so um, caught up in what we think sometimes God should do, but how we need to know the will of God for ourselves. We need to know the will of God. And when I say the will of God, I'm talking about um, what God has in store for you and us as a church. Um, Praise the Lord. If you look at Romans 8, let's look at Romans 8. Because some people close the book there and they would say, well, you know, God's ways aren't our ways and that's it. But the Lord in our weakness, he sends us the wonderful helper, the helper of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised, didn't he? That came at Pentecost, as like we heard it here in earlier. Um, but it says in 26, on Romans 8, verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, the human, natural human man is weak. He's weak in his understanding. He's weak in his ideas about God. He's weak in his concepts about the things of God also. Um, But this wonderful truth is that the Lord will aid us. And he aids us and he aids our prayer. He aids our prayer life. And we can begin to discover the will of God. And we can also discover how to pray. Because this is the, the operation of the Spirit on our lives. It says here, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray. For we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts and knows the mind of what the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. And we know that all things work together for good for those who, who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, it aids us, it helps us, it helps us in our weakness. And we can begin to pray according to the will of God. Not to the will of what we think should happen, not to the will of what we had hoped would happen, because often, sometimes, we can approach God according to what we think should happen rather than discovering what his will is. And this is really important, because sometimes we can approach prayer very mechanical, very mechanically. We can pray for things because they seem right, and they even sound good. And we may have good reasons and good intentions for them. I'm not saying it's, you know, we're all completely wrong in that sense but there is a way there is a higher dimension of prayer there's a higher dimension of prayer it's where you discover we discover the way of the Holy Spirit for our lives and the Holy Spirit begins to pray with us and through us and this is a wonderful wonderful truth that in our weakness in our weakness we can, we, can, we can enter in to this wonderful intercession of the Holy Spirit. And it says here, it makes intercession for the saints according 
to the will of God. To the will of God. And sometimes, not the obvious things are the will of God. We can sometimes think the obvious thing is for God to do this. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not the obvious thing. And that's the human mind. The human mind would want to reason through things. It would want to work things through. It would want to tell God to do something. God, you do this. God, just do that. If we're honest, we do it, don't we? We tell God rather than we come before him in weakness. It's in weakness that we discover and we pray out of and the Holy Spirit begins to minister to our heart and we discover the will of God. And we pray in the will of God. We can't stand there to... We we can't tell God. But really, really, prayer is a discovery into the will of God, into the very heart of God. It's a discovery. It's unravelling. It's unveiling the plan and the purposes of God. Because we all quote, don't we, this part here, straight after this, after he talks about prayer, for all, um, sorry, um, for those who love God and are called according to his goodwill and purpose. We know that scripture well, don't we? We know that all things work together. This is verse 28. For the good of those who who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yeah, we always quote that. But if you read just before, it's talking about the prayer in the spirit. It's talking about the will of God. And as we begin to discover this, we start to enter into the purpose of God. Now, not everything looks good, does it? Not everything looks good. And we can be leave, leave ourselves in a disappointed state sometimes uh, when things don't work out well, when they don't work out to how we expect them to work out. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we can be slightly disappointed, can't we? We can be disappointed. But do you think sometimes it's our approach to God? Sometimes we come with this expectation of what we think should happen rather than just coming in weakness and saying, Lord, what is your will? What are you saying? What are you doing here? And begin to pray from that perspective. Isn't it? As we read before in Isaiah, his ways aren't our ways. So we can't second guess with our own reasoning or intellect, can we? But we second guess sometimes, don't we? But sometimes it starts in the request, but it ends up in the spirit. And I'll be honest with you, I come with requests, and the Bible tells me to come and request and ask, doesn't it? There's nothing wrong with asking, but I believe that's the start of the journey. Your asking is the pathway to true discovery into his will, into his purpose. Sometimes we can be presumptuous even in our faith. Do you understand what I mean by that? We can assume. We can think, well, you know, it's going to happen like this and just take hold of it. I think it's different by the way of the Spirit. I think it's more of a mystery than that. I don't think we can just be presumptuous suddenly about certain things. But I think the way of God is a mystery, it's an oracle. It's all to do with his intimacy and closeness that we have with the Holy Spirit. If we haven't got that, when we can just pick things up and throw anything at anything and just think, well, God needs to do this because I've told him to. And we can't go about it like that, I don't think. You know? God has made a way for us to be intimate with him, to be close with him, to to be together with him. And he begins to unfold this amazing, amazing plan 
for our lives. Um, I remember, you know, I, I look back, I spoke to uh, the other day about in Bible study, but it's in Luke, and it, in, in, it was the prayer of Jesus. It's Luke twenty-two forty-one. 41. You look at there just quickly, Luke twenty-two forty-one, 41, um, because I was considering this the other day. Remember, Jesus had the anointing on his life without measure. And that's the way he operated. Um, Luke twenty-two forty-one. Can't even. Where am I going? Twenty-two, isn't it? Twenty-two forty-one. What's that? And this was at the Garden of Gethsemane. This is Jesus praying. This is in 41. It says, And he withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. Um, This is from his disciples. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But yours be what be done. And, and he, he, he was coming into this, this, this real re- reality and realisation at this point, I believe, of the cross. Of what he would actually face at the cross. But he was saying, but not my will, Lord. But yours be done. Yours be done. And then it says just after, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Amen. So the strengthening of the, of, the, of the angel of God came in his weakness. And God's strengthening will come in your weakness. Because sometimes the will of God can be a hard thing to your fleshly man. To the natural man, it can be hard. And sometimes we can say, yeah, we want the will of God. And yes, it's a wonderful, joyful thing. And it's a wonderful thing in your spirit. But sometimes it can be hard to your flesh. So when say, people say, oh, God told me to do this, and God told me to do and it's all so joyful, and it's all so wonderful, there's a side to that which is a sacrifice. Yeah. Often you find when you hear the word of the Lord, there's a sacrifice attached to it, because it involves the death of your flesh, I'm afraid to say. And I'll preach real to you this morning. It's true. There's another side to the coin. It's a wonderful thing, it's a wonderful thing, and it's an amazing thing. But having to say, I don't quite get it and I don't understand, is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It makes you, it puts you in a vulnerable position where you're not sure. But then you're in the safety of his hands and his arms at the same time. There's always a side to the coin, you see. There's always another side to the coin. Jesus was secure in his Father's hands. And in Hebrew it says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That was part of the will of God to bring everyone back into the fold, the Father's heart, the Father's arms. Sometimes you've got to see past the present. Amen? You've got to see beyond what you face to be able to endure it. You've got to be able to endure it. 
You need to be able to endure it. You need to see past it. And Jesus could see past, and that gave him the, 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 the capacity. The grace was flowing in his heart and in his life to endure because he could see past. He could see past the cross. And he could see how pleasing it was to the Father's heart, the will of God. Amen? Um, this is a wonderful thing, this message here I'm teaching you. It's a wonderful thing. Because God is, God is not obvious. He's not obvious. And I do think sometimes we can be quite mechanical in the way we, 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 we approach things. Um, and, you know, Jesus has filled that void that is our own natural understanding with the Holy Spirit. And not everything will be made known to you. I want to make it clear. But it is a path of discovery. It's a path of vulnerability, as we've been talking about. You're vulnerable. You need to make yourself vulnerable before God. And you'll find the strength coming to you just like it did with Jesus. Jesus was vulnerable before he went to the cross. Um, sometimes we think that Jesus was in like a, a, a perfect state all the time. I'm talking about how he felt and how he feels. He had no sin, we know that. But in the sense that how he coped with things, you know, he, he was like straight-faced and he just like, you know, nothing can touch, you know, like this, nothing can touch me, I'm, you know. But he was vulnerable. And in his vulnerability, he found this grace, this strengthening, as he began to discover the will of God for our lives. And, and, and this is something you have to go for in yourself, uh, not in yourself, but in your, in your time with the Lord. You have to go for it with the Lord. Okay, you, know, you can't rely on us to some extent to, to get you there, but you have to go for it with the Lord. You have to, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with God and come before him in, in, a, in a humble way, in a true way, with a true heart. Um, when I hear people, they, they're interested in Jesus, I'm thinking, well, are you honest with yourself? Are you honest with what you're really saying to me? Because if you really want it, you'll get it. That, that's how it works. If you really, really want it, and you really want to know, you'll get it. But if you've already made up your mind and you think you've made up these judgments and you've assessed the situation and I'm just going to say observing and it's not for me, then you'll never get it. That's, that's it. But if you can come with an open, honest heart and seek him and come before him and say, Lord, I'm weak in my understanding here. I don't quite get it. I'm not quite sure then behold, the Holy Spirit will come to you and he will show you Jesus. If you turn your heart to him, you'll discover him. And that's the way it works with the gospel. It doesn't work through very clever people and nice-sounding words, I'm afraid. You know, I'm standing here as someone who's not educated really at all. I come out of school with nothing. You know, I just fell into... Minor crime, just vandalism, just like the Wild West in Southend. On Saturday night, you've been down there, it's crazy. But that's, that's, that's my qualification, do you know what I'm saying? It never qualified me. But when the anointing come on my life, in my weakness, and my vulnerability, when I was at my point where I just wanted to know, that's suddenly where the empowerment came. 
And that's where my mind started to be changed. And that's where I started to see things differently. And, and this wonderful thing about the, uh, the, the newness of mind, because God gives you right way of thinking about things. Suddenly, things become clear. Have you had that moment in your life where things become clear? Spiritually th- talking, things become clear. Sometimes life can be like fog. You're not sure what way to turn. You can't see clearly. But now it's like, you know, everything became clear. Even the trees look different. I'm thinking, it's the same tree. I was walking past. When I just got saved, I come out of my house and I was walking down the street. And there was like energy in my step. I was just like, yeah, I felt like amazing, you know. And uh, I was like, even the trees look different. I've walked past these trees hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times before. But the birds look different. I felt like they were singing to me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, they were like calling my name, you know. But everything, everything was different. Everything. Everything. Because he put a pure heart in me. He put a clean mind in me. And he gave me a new outlook on life. It's wonderful. Supernatural. Completely supernatural. It's, honestly, I could, just, I could go on on that. Honestly. You know, and I remember just walking down the street and I was smiling at this lady and she had a big smile on her face and I thought, oh, you're really happy, aren't you? And it was, it was wonderful. It was like, you know, saying, it's like, oh, man. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, like, it's like infectious. The joy of God is infectious and the life of God is infectious. People would catch it. They would catch it. But I think sometimes we're too busy trying to work it out. And that's the problem, I think, with us sometimes. We get too intelligent. We try to figure it all out and it becomes so complicated. We're trying to piece it all together in it. And we lose it sometimes, the simplicity of the relationship that we have with Jesus. Stop trying to work everything out because sometimes people can get confused. We can't just live out of a doctrine. Doctrines are important. They keep us online, on track. We don't just live out of a doctrine. We live out of his life. We live out of his life. We don't just live out a teaching because then it becomes a religious thing. But we live out of his life. I've got something to read to you because it's out of a book. I don't normally read books and I never preach out of books because it's not right, is it? Come on. (laughs) But I opened this book the other day and I haven't read it all and I opened this book and I read, I read this, and it's almost as like it jumped out and hit me between the eyes. Boom. And I thought, that's the Lord speaking to me. And I just want to read it to you just quickly. It's quite amazing. And it's about the cross. This is what it says. And he's quoting from, um, he's, he's just speaking from Luke 9, 23, where it talks about him uh, denying himself. If any man come after me, he must deny himself Take up his cross and come follow me. Or again, whoever says bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is that's Luke, that's Luke 9, 23, 14 to 27. But this guy goes on to say this, and I think this was really profound. I felt the Holy Spirit on this. He said, he was, he was only saying, in other words, you can never learn me unless the cross is operating continually to put you out and to make way for me so that you can accept my mind. And the cross means that you have been crucified to your own mind 
about things. And I thought, whoa, dear. Our own mind about things. And sometimes we live out of our own mind about things. And we have our own mind about how God should do things. How many times? Come on, we do it, don't we? We have our own mind and we have our own ideas about what God should do and what God should say. and what, Don't we? It's like we're the governor of the universe sometimes. But it says here, your mind has to come under the cross. Your will has to come under the cross. Your feelings and your ways have to come under the cross daily. And that is how you make way for learning of me. My mind, my government, my judgment, my everything. That is the school of discipleship, the school of Christ. And suddenly I was like, wow. As it was in line with everything that I was pondering over that I was seeking God on. We have to give up our own mind about things and how they operate. That's the way of the cross. That's the way of the cross. Amen. I thought that was wonderful. That really blessed me, that did. Does that bless you? The school of Christ. That's the school of Christ. It's the way of sacrifice, isn't it? Amen. It's his mind that we have. His way of doing things. His instruction. His direction. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the life of God flowing through us. Amen. Not our intentions, not our ideas, not our thoughts where things should happen. Man, we're so full of ourselves sometimes, aren't we? Aren't we? We get upset why it don't work. I was thinking it never was supposed to work that way. It's supposed to be my way. It's my way that you follow. It's my way. It's my will. It's my purpose, my plan. And it unfolds before you. Isn't that wonderful? Precious anointing of the Holy Spirit is in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, didn't he? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Not my way, but your way, Lord. Not my way. I'm not going to wrestle. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be discouraged because it's your way. It's not my way. I'm not going to live in disappointment because it's your way, Lord. It's your way, Lord. It's your way. I can rejoice now because it's your way. It's not my way. I'm not stubborn in my heart anymore, Lord. Can we say that? I don't want to be stubborn in my heart, Lord. I want your way above every way, above my thinking and my thoughts. Help me, Lord. Be humbled in your presence. Strengthen me in your will and your purpose. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making yourself known to me this morning. You are the encourager of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the, the, the encouragement that you bring, the comfort that you bring, Lord, to your people. Come and comfort every soul right now, Lord. Thank you for the deliverance that your word brings through truth. Thank you, Jesus. You're so wonderful to us. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. I love you all. In Jesus' name. Amen.